We have episode 111, 111. I'm sure that means something, all of the ones. So do you fall asleep with your phone in your hands? Do you have downlights in your house or apartment? Or are you all about the Netflix and chill? (laughs) All of these questions have one thing in common. Unnatural, electronically produced light going straight into your eyeballs and your skin. And on today's episode, we talk about the catastrophic damage that these light sources are doing to your metabolism, your sleep, your hormone production, and your overall health. We also have some solutions that you might consider too as we dive into the ease of introducing blue blocking glasses into your life and some other easy practices. If you're ready to have your brain melted on the power of light, then I am too. So let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Here we are back on the podcast airways for another crack at it this week. Thanks for joining me here today and a special thanks to my regular subscribe listeners that tune in every single week from all over the globe. I'm very fortunate to be able to say this community of healthy friends that grows every single week is amazing. And if you'd like to join us on this journey with all of these amazing guests that we have, it's as easy as opening your podcast app right now and hitting subscribe or follow depending on the app you're using and you'll receive our weekly updates updates. All right, before we kick into it, I want to do a shout out to Lucas Owen, who we had on episode 59 talking about nootropics. And if you've followed him on Instagram through 2020, he's virtually become Wolverine. Uh, But Lucas hooked me up with today's guest almost a year ago now. And I can't believe it's almost a year ago because that lockdown really made time disappear. But I'm looking forward to getting into this conversation. So Who have we got? Today's guest is a certified human potential coach, primal health coach, and IIN coach with an integrated holistic approach to health and well-being. He has a deep passion and focus on sleep optimization, biophysics, habits and routines, and everything in between to live a life aligned with our highest values and self. He is the founder and director of Barclay Eyewear, the world's first modern interchangeable blue light blocking glasses, which you have likely seen me wearing or raving about on Facebook, Instagram, or if you're a client of mine as well. So these glasses are designed to block the harmful spectrums of artificial light through morning to night in one pair rather than having to carry around three or four different sets of glasses everywhere you go because that would be totally annoying. As the co-founder of Live Holistically, which is an awesome podcast you should check out, hosted by today's guest as well as his partner, Indy, he aims to educate and demonstrate how we put the holistic health of ourselves, others and the planet first in the way that we live. Utilizing personalized coaching and consulting, he aims to help connect others to a more natural way of life, living symbiotically, interconnected, and in harmony with everything around us. And with that beautiful spiel, it's time to introduce you to my man, Dane Barkley. What's up, man? How are you? What an intro. That sounds so good. That's the best intro I've ever had. Thank you. (laughs) I've had a bit of practice at over 100 episodes now. (laughs) I love it. Thanks for having me on. So cool. Yeah, you're more than welcome, more than welcome. So can you take us on a bit of a journey? Uh, I know that your story is super interesting. I've heard it a couple of times, but I'd love you to share it with the with the listeners, the highs and lows of how we got to here today. Yeah, really good. There's so many layers and I always like each time I come up and I'm like, what part should I share? It's like there's so many as everyone's journey. Everyone's journey is like so unique. So Totally. Um, my sort of part of it too would be, I guess, I, I grew up very health conscious uh, parents at a very sort of healthy upbringing 
uh, that was, yeah, very normal, very normal suburban life in Melbourne here. And I got into, I always had like health as a sort of, uh, uh, I guess we'd say like, it's always like a second nature thing for me. Cause I, I feel like my parents are very into that. My dad ran a ton of marathons and so he was very fitness focused and health focused. So very lucky to be brought up in that environment. And it wasn't until in my sort of like early twenties, I started to have my own personal health challenges. They weren't like anything I'd say that was the most challenging for me, but comparative to other people out there with a lot worse challenges, that was enough for me to wake me up to sort of, um, to really sort of pursue this. And so, uh, the death of my grandfather in 2014 really triggered, uh, sort of for me to pursue this more aggressively. Um, it, I had, I sort of worked through my own personal challenges and I was just learning just like to like absorb information as well. So along the way I've learned from so many different people and I like to just to, evolve with my knowledge and just not stick with one person just and be like diehard on there um at times i did when i was first learning about this stuff in the the primal and the paleo space it was like all for that and now it's evolved and i've taken from that and moved on as well and there's so many areas that i just worked through that whole process and so i've i've been fortunate to just be able to have this like thirst for this information so i'm always looking for new stuff out there and so um, that sort of led me down the path of, of blue blockers as well. So um, I was all in that sort of health space and just learning from the Dave Asprey's and the um, the Dr. Jack Cruz was one of the biggest ones that sort of got me into this space. So uh, people aren't familiar with him. He's a neurosurgeon from the US uh, and he's just very uh, technical when it comes to health and, and he's very big on uh, light, water and magnetism. And so the light aspect really, um, and the water and magnetism world's really great, but the light part of it really got me interested into exploring the sort of the benefits of like a sunlight and the like detriment of artificial light. And we're exposed to that. Um, he goes into the biophysics of that, which is really confusing, but for some people that really want to learn more about that, it's a really great place to sort of dig into it as well. Uh, so that really got me on that space of just, I don't know. I don't know what it was inside me, but that's just something inside me sort of activated and it just made me pursue this and, him along with everybody else about the importance of sleep, um, experienced it for myself is really important. So it really got me, I guess, in the space to sort of start to discover this. And it's, it's from learning this stuff, but also the personal experiences, what I find as well. That's what I recommend for everyone out there is just there, just try these things for themselves. Um, anything really just explore that and trying to keep themselves as open-minded as possible to whatever these things are with the blue blockers, people, I think it's a scam and don't believe in it. And there are a lot of bad products out there as we'll probably talk about, but it's uh, just to explore. Uh, I started with these guys, Uvex, um, these are the wraparound sort of orange goggles. And that got me really interested to feel the benefits of that. So all this journey is along with like my own personal lived experience of trying so many different things. And it was just, I was, I'm constantly just working and flowing through it and, and right now I'm at a space I'm pretty sort of content with and I'm not really seeking so much now. I'm just sort of integrating a lot of the stuff I've learned over the years. Yeah, nice. And I love that you've been through so many different uh, educational journeys too because a lot of the things that you mentioned and, and, and I've been through something similar as well with my education, but a lot of these groups kind of have these cult followings of paleo or of keto or of veganism. And I think it really is important for a practitioner or somebody in the space that you and I sort of work with people is to go through all of these cults and take all of the good stuff out of them and totally acknowledge the confirmation bias that exists within them as well because it, it results 
results in our application being so much more holistic. Exactly. I agree with that. That's a perfect way to put that. <laughs> I totally agree with that. <laughs> and I've been myself in a space where I've been almost obsessively in one space. And yeah, I've sort of fortunately I'm in a space now where I don't have that sort of way of being, but it was bulletproof for me. A lot of people might be aware of, I was like the Australian sort of guy for bulletproof and I was just, I became a bulletproof coach and I was all just bulletproof. And, um, I, I don't take any of their products now anymore. Um, I, I, I learned a lot from that and I learned a lot from sleep and from the lighting and I've gained a lot of knowledge around the coaching aspect and, but I've just sort of moved beyond that. I've just taken what resonates with me and I've moved on with that as well. So it's really important that you said that as well is that for people to keep that open mind and just explore the every and every area, but not trying to best to be catch themselves in the, um, as you said, the confirmation bias and the cognitive dissonance of just being like stuck in a way and just want to confirm what they believe and stay in that space as well and get stuck there. So. Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess diving into the space that you've kind of naturally found yourself in after going on this journey, which is, you know, I guess eyesight and sleep. Most people in my experience don't think about their eyesight at all. And it's like all chronic diseases, everything we talk about on the show, you know, everyone I work with, whether it be body fat, whether it be cancer, whatever it is, nobody thinks about it until it's too late. But I think eyesight's even more particular. We just totally take it for granted. Why do you think that is? Is it, is it a cultural thing that we just don't think about it until it's too late? We don't, most people don't really go to the optometrist. What do you think it is? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I honestly, I wish I knew what it was because I can then talk to people about that and be like, Hey, like, I honestly don't know like the, the pain point that it gets to for people to sort of wake up or like realize that, Oh, this is something to really actually explore. And it's not a difficult thing to understand either. It's very, from my upbringing, my understanding as well, it's, it's, I, I was very fortunate, I guess, to have an upbringing with my grandmother being blind for my entire life. So I saw what it was like to not have sight. And she never saw us and she passed away in 2017. And that was a big driver for me to be able to want to pursue and help to sort of mitigate the negative effects that harmful artificial light is having on our eyes, but also our circadian rhythms, our biology, everything that comes and cascades from that. And so I was very fortunate to have that upbringing because it got me very, I guess, clued on and very sort of um, passionate about eyesight and like how difficult it is will it be with, to lose the sight but i guess as you're saying too that people do take it for granted and like how much are people willing to like to, i guess degrade their eyesight to get to a point where they're trying to repair it and reverse the damage and so my sort of belief is that just avoid that damage to begin with and uh like it's very simple it's like we evolve under the sun and so that was the spectrum of lighting that we've been exposed to this new artificial light that we've been exposed to it's, it's very foreign to us as human beings and so naturally it's not going to have if people believe that i guess it's very hard for people to believe that like that can have such a detrimental effect and it becomes quite synonymous in our society now it's just screens everywhere and um it's it's a part of inter- technology is, is great because it can connect us like we're doing today and so it's just not about like just avoiding technology and going off grid completely it's about utilizing it but also just putting in place like very useful tools that can help sort of mitigate some of these negative effects as well. And so I think um, I would would really love to know why people do take it for granted. That's something I'm really interested in and to explore the human behavior. I'm like, why don't they believe in blue blockers? Why do they take their eyesight for granted? Um, I I personally believe it's just something that is automatic. It's almost people just don't think about and they think it's like, and it's usually doesn't it takes a while to degrade anyway so it's not like their eyesight would deteriorate in a year and they're like just take action 
I think it takes a, a bit of a lifetime. But right now, we're living through a massive human experiment with these technologies and these screens becoming brighter and everything around us becoming more artificially lit. It's um, it's going it's to prove itself in time. It's just that right now, if people don't take the action necessary, then I think um, it will show in the future very, very shortly. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think as well, like a lot of people that aren't into health or, you know, that, you know, have their focus, their life focus somewhere else. The idea that turning on a light switch in your house is, is negative for your health is just such a, a, a disconnect of, of information. Like, what do you mean? Health is about like going and, you know, going to the gym, isn't it? You know, so the idea that, and that's exactly what we were talking before, um, why I filmed and recorded a, a 90 minute masterclass in my program on sleep and red light and blue light, because it's one of the the most impactful things for fat loss and regulating the metabolism. And so I was wondering if you could dive into how that blue and white light, whether it be your phone screen, whether it be a computer, whether it be, you know, the lights, down lights in your apartments, how do they affect our biology? Yeah, that's really good. I, people, I guess, again, this is, it's what fascinates me with biophysics and what got me so interested in that area is that it was like the, the physics of our environment, how that affects our biology. And I found that really fascinating because I've, a lot of things that we have in our control that tangible like nutrition, like fitness and exercise, you can go for a run, you can try to eat good. But if you're in a really bad environment, you're not really conscious of that because you can't really tangibly see it. Like you're not going to see the light spectrums coming in and actually having the effect in biology. It's just become part of our sort of society now just to turn lights on very sim- simple. So it's, um, yeah, I guess the, the easiest way to sort of explain it is that with light specifically talking with light, how the effects it has on us is that we, we have evolved as human beings under the sun. There's no doubt about that. And that's a human being. Everyone would agree with that. Uh, it depends on what level people believe that we're meant to be exposed to a certain amount of sunlight as well. And so I'm in that sort of mid range. I'm not extreme in being like bake myself in the sun and get all the bloody vitamin D out there. I'm more like get that balance. I think it's very important for us to get the vitamin D, get the circadian like rhythm sort of aligned as well, like morning sunlight, so beneficial. Um, but I'm also my, do my best with us in the environment here to use as little as artificial light as possible. So if I'm around in my, on my computer a day, if I'm in front of a screen, then I'm wearing blue blockers and do my best to sort of cover up as well because we have photoreceptors in our skin. And so I guess with the, uh, the effects that artificial light has in our biology and how that sort of negatively impacts us, I guess it'd be the, it would come down to more so the, how we, how often we're exposed to these sort of artificial lights. So if someone's in, I guess a great example being Melbourne, if we're driven in through an indoor environment right now, majority of our sort of lighting is obviously artificial unless you're having like ourselves, we have a lot of windows here. So we need a lot of natural lighting, which is great. Um, unfortunately, if you think you can sit by that window and get the sunlight from there, that's also not an optimal place to do because the light is being filtered by the glass. So, uh, yeah. one of the best things to do is be getting the outside in the actual sun itself and being as much skin exposed to the sun. So, um, that varies on so many different levels based on your health, based on the, how close you are to the equator, the time of the year. So there's so many different factors involved with that. Um, but I think people can use this sort of, um, once they get, once they sort of feel into what's what works for them and what they feel uh, grateful because there's a lot, lot of benefit from the sunlight as well, the dopamine, serotonin, all the neurotransmitters that you get for that, vitamin D. There's just so many like layers that just cascade from just the exposure to sunlight. Uh, but again, the amount can vary a lot and that's something that it's very um, very personal and it can be very sort of um, complex to sort of go into as well without sort of being too damaging to, I guess, artif- uh, damaging from like the ultraviolet radiation from there. So. 
I've gone on a tangent. I'll go back to biology. I'll try my best. I can just keep going in so many different we areas. We love tangents, but- <laughs> man. We love it. I can be like, oh, this rabbit hole again down here. But uh, pretty much, I guess, when it comes down to how the light affects our biology is that the beneficial light you get from sunlight, it, it has a really beneficial effect on us, as I explained before, in vitamin D production on just serotonin, just feel good. Just being outside and feeling good. If you're out there grounded in the sunlight, um, you get as much as you can, I guess, in different times of the year, especially in winter. Uh, in summertime, it's like trying to be smart with using the shade and getting the sun in uh, certain times of the day as well. So, And when we come indoors, is to be as minimal as exposure to artificial light as possible because essentially the best way to explain this is that if you're exposed to Throughout the day, it's not as detrimental. It's not ideal to be in front of screens without protection, um, without blue lockers on. But it's particularly important at nighttime. So once the sun sets, then it's really important to have protection for the eyes because that's the most sensitive. Obviously, our skin, anywhere our skin has the photoreceptors, so it'd be ideal to block that as well. But it, our eyes are the most sensitive to light as well. And so that is like a trigger point for us. So if we, are, if we do use the downlights on there, Fluorescent lights are terrible. Even LEDs have a lot of flicker on there. And if you're in front of screens, all those like synonymous with screens and lighting, the backlit devices, all those things that have the blue, very harsh on the blue spectrum. So the artificial light that comes from there, they essentially, it goes, the lighting cues come into our eyes and tell us that it's midday sun. And so our body doesn't know any difference. Obviously, logically, we know it's not midday, but our eyes and the hormones that come from that as well is triggering down like the cascade that it's like midday, okay, I'll keep my cortisol a little high and make sure I can keep going and be awake. And so essentially the idea behind blue blockers and, and blocking artificial light. So if people didn't want to wear blue blockers and didn't want to buy them, then having very be very conscious of their environment. So if you're having all your downlights off and if you're under, if you say you use candlelight, the sort of the warmth from candlelight or firelight brings out the sort of, um, that allows our body to release melatonin. So melatonin is the sleep hormone. And that's pretty much produced in sunlight. So if you get exposed to sunlight through the day and the skin through the eyes, it's manufactured there and it gets released at nighttime in the absence of light. And so as dark as an environment as possible is great. And what that allows is that for you to go into really deep quality sleep. And so deep sleep is obviously we do our regenerative um, abilities. And so from a body and everything about that as well. So if you're sleeping, you get the lymphatic and the lymphatic system. All that goes in your body and you and you said too, it, it, you're burning fat when you sleep. And so if you're having the quality sleep, that is, so if you're exposed to bright lights and screens at night consistently, you people can quite easily fall asleep, but they might be like tired from a day of work and watch TV and fall asleep and that's okay. But the quality of the sleep is very significantly. So you can track it to see the difference there and, and you can also feel the difference subjectively by wearing the glasses with the dark tint at night, either orange or amber or red. And that, that affects in your body as well, allows you to fall, sort of follow the, um, the cycle of the sun. So when the sun sets, it's like trying to get in as dark as environment as possible. And then sometimes yeah. for people, they may not want to uh, just completely go off grid and have no screens. They may, like myself and my partner, we do enjoy a movie or a TV episode. And so we, if you want to enjoy that, we also wear blue blocking glasses. Like it's just religiously we do that because we know how that really like by not wearing them, the lighting's so harsh and it just all it does is just disrupt our circadian rhythm and that will happen like a, a perpetual cycle. And so the idea is like you wear the blue blockers to protect your eyes and the most precious part of the body and the most highly photoreceptive area. And so having that sort of blocked um, with the right spectrums of blue light as well, that allows our body to fall into a deep sleep. 
which allows the regenerative process to come come through every day, every sort of night. So it's essentially, I guess, how that sort of really affects our biology. All I'm hearing is that you're destroying the Netflix and chill industry. <laughs> yeah, Netflix and chill. No, no screens at night. <laughs> no, no screens. That'd be ideal, but it's not realistic as well. So is there a time there? Because, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, we know what's best, which is really abstinence, but it's no one's going to do it. So is there like, is there a time frame that you would recommend before bed where you would switch the screens off, chuck the glasses on type thing? Is it an hour, two hours? What is it? Yeah, I did. I think people, the best thing is people to experiment. It's like to either look into them themselves, but personal experience, just experiment for themselves. And a lot of experts say two hours before bed, turn screens off, like all screens off. Uh, sometimes if you're enjoying a movie, that might not be possible. And realistically, I'm very conscious of where the society's at as well. So we, I know a lot of people aren't just going to switch off their screens two or three hours before bed and then just go and have like darkness until they fall asleep. It's like, that's not really realistic from my perspective of the world right now. And so yeah. knowing that if you want to enjoy TV still, um, it's still a stimulant. So it's TV and, and your eye will still have some level of keeping you awake, but at least if you're having the protection of the glasses, um, like India myself, we wear ours from sunset onwards. So it, that will vary in time of the year. So as we're moving to summer, sunset will be like probably close to eight, it's eight thirty. So we'd like to still, if we do have the artificial lighting on at night and the TV is on as well, we turn the backlight down as low to like zero. So there's a lot less backlight coming. So the intensity of light is also important. So we have that down low and we have our blue blockers on. So we can enjoy an episode or a movie and it's not going to affect our circadian rhythms and not also not going to affect our melatonin as well. Melatonin release, which is so critical to having that deep quality sleep as well. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Let's dive into that. Let's look for the listeners, melatonin. What is melatonin and, and how does blocking that light affect the production and release time of the melatonin in the brain? Yeah, well, melatonin, if people aren't familiar with, it's, I guess, it's really a hormone, but it's one of the most important like anti-aging hormones there is. And people might be familiar with melatonin, it's just like a supplement. And so you can find supplements out there. Um, we did one on the podcast about it with our coach and saying how there's a lot of bad supplements out there, melatonin, and megadosing melatonin can have negative effects on the body as well. So the 
best approach that we personally believe in first is to naturally get your body into a state where you can release melatonin in your body. So melatonin is sort of released from the pineal, pineal gland in the, um, which are technically our third eye. It's out in, in there. So that's being released. It's a, like the darkness hormone. So again, I said before, in the absence of light at night, and melatonin is released. And that's almost like people might be familiar with the sleepy hormone. So it, it almost like it makes us feel sleepy. And so yeah. when you find yourself, you're like lulling off to sleep. If you're wearing blue blockers for the very first time with the dark, the amber tint or the red one, then you will find yourself getting very sleepy and your eyes will get very heavy. And that's associated with the melatonin that's kicking in. And so you sort of find that it's where well, melatonin levels flow throughout the day as well. Um, but at night time is when the, the big hit of it releases for our bodies to then it's like a cue for our bodies to go to sleep. And to follow that, but sometimes our minds like to sort of keep ourselves awake with work or with TV or busyness. And so we sort of override that, what our body is innately trying to tell us to do is go to bed and go to sleep. And so melatonin, there's so many, I guess people really want to dig into that and find, um, they can just search. There's so many studies out there. There's still, I believe from everything I've learned from there, there's so much we don't know about that. And I feel like it's, it's such a, it's not studied enough. Um, but it's one of the most, if not, I'd say one of the most important um, molecules or hormones, whatever you want to call it, um, there is that we can possibly have. And to endogen- endogenously create that in our bodies every night and be able to release that and have that effect on our body as well and have that deep quality sleep, that's where I find it's, um, is key. And if necessary as well, you can like find a supplementation to help um, sort of realign circadian rhythm. So we have a, like a liquid melatonin low dose liquid melatonin subs um, that we have occasionally if you want to realign a circadian rhythm so um, a good example would be the uh, daylight savings just happened for us over here so that's really just disrupted my uh, sleep patterns as well circadian <laughs> rhythm so yeah i was thrown off really bad and so and it does that it has that effect so having some melatonin at sort of a night as well can allow the body to then it's almost like a reset button for the mel- um, for the melatonin secretion in the body and so that's not something i rely on and get people to focus on i guess the idea is to block lighting is in what i understand as well from my understanding is lighting is the most um prominent and effective uh sort of blocker of melatonin and so if you're exposed to the bright light melatonin would be blocked and won't be released and so lighting is so there's obviously emfs as well have an impact on blocking melatonin production so and release so the idea is like letting like the cascade of melatonin to just come out in your body at nighttime. And that's again, associated with the sleepy hormone. And then what, from my understanding is that being exposed to the, the artificial lighting from personal experience, from everything I've learned as well, that just blocks the, the release of the melatonin. And so lighting is one of the most uh, sort of, again, potent um, releases of melatonin. So if you're blocking the right light, if you're in a dark environment, you will get very sleepy very soon. So it's almost, I find it being impossible to stay awake if you have no screens and if you have a fire on or some candles and you're just either chatting or reading the book, you would just find yourself just getting extremely tired and you'll naturally fall to sleep. And then you wake up very refreshed next morning, no alarm. And the same thing will happen again, um, except for our society is very different these days now. So we're exposed to these screens to keep us awake and, um, and alert. And so I don't know if I answered your question. I think I went down. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> uh, 
You might have you might have come across the same stuff, but in my research, I found that um, depending on you know a lot of people fall asleep with their phone in their hands or they've got a TV in their bedroom, and that melatonin production, even though you fall asleep physically in your body, the melatonin production it can often be delayed throughout your sleep from one hour up to four hours in the research that I've I've read, which the way I describe to people is the body might be unconscious, but you don't actually begin the possibility of those deep sleep cycles until four hours into your sleep, you know, up to a maximum of four hours into your sleep. And most people aren't sleeping eight hours. So you're not even going to get four hours of restorative rejuvenation in that sleep. You know, most people are sort of five to seven, which we know is obviously insufficient, but that delayed uh, melatonin production, you know, it's not as soon as you, you're like, oh, well, I turned the phone off and it's dark in my room. Here we go for eight hours. This is going to be amazing. But it actually takes a couple of hours for the, for the body to realize, okay, there's no light coming in, assuming as well that we don't have a street light coming in through the window and our photoreceptors in our skin are picking that up. And so there's all these factors that play into actually really setting up an environment for the successful production and release of melatonin. Amen. That was exactly true. <laughs> I totally agree <laughs> with that. It's so true. And and I guess you, you said it, you hit the mark very well there, as you said about how people can fall asleep and they're unconscious and they think that's sleeping. It's like, you don't really understand what a quality night's sleep feels like until you do like all these holistic approaches. So have your lighting environment, like t- tailored in, having your blue blockers, going, having as dark as a room as possible. And then like eating early, all these other factors as well. It's like, you may f- pass out, and you may have some alcohol and pass out, but you, your quality of sleep is going to be very significant. Objectively, you can measure that through an aura ring or some sort of um, sleeping tracking device as well. You can see that objectively, or you can also feel that subjectively as well. You wake up, you know, you feel groggy, and it's very different. So, I, I mean, I do everything I can to sort of tailor my sleep, and that was like my, part of my, um, I guess, my obsession with sleep as well. I really got into it. I'm like, does everyone agrees? No matter what diet or lifestyle they follow, everyone agrees the importance of sleep. Yeah. And so I wanted to dial in what are the, some of the biggest sort of, what are the lowest hanging fruit when it comes to like quality sleep and lighting just kept coming up. And so I'm like, I wanted to dig into that and explore that. And so I find that even to today, I'm like something I practice and integrate. It's so easy to integrate. It's like, it's, it's for me, it's so hard to comprehend. People can't, um, can't, yeah, can't comprehend it. It's like, I can't comprehend how people can't comprehend the importance of light and how easy that is to like, just transition to a lifestyle of like, trying to follow as darkness as possible when the sun sets. Yep. And then if not, if you can't abide to that, then at least have some, like some protective eyewear. So you can actually allow your body to just naturally fall into that space of sleep, a really good deep sleep. Yeah, I can relate to that with like, I guess my big thing is nutrition and food is medicine. And, and I have that same kind of experience of like, how do people not know that this is so, so important? Like, you know, and I feel the same about sleep as well. But one of the little things and, it, and it's the same for me, like, I guess, as many people to convert, you know, I grew up in a very typical Aussie household, Aussie diet, Aussie lifestyle, do all the things, be super busy, be as stressed as anyone, you know, but it took me a few years, I guess, to convert to a, a majority holistic life. But one of the easy things, as you're saying here, is purchasing a pair of eyewear. Like, you know, you don't actually need to do anything crazy. You don't need to introduce a new routine that's, you know, so so devoid from your, from I guess, pleasure or whatever you normally do for happiness type thing. So you've got, obviously, we're both sitting here wearing Barkley eyewear right now. So tell us about Barkley eyewear. Like, what do yours do? Where can people get them? What are they all about? Yeah, so I, I the 
the two, I guess the two drivers that got me into sort of to create these as well was obviously what I mentioned before, my nan being blind. So uh, when she passed, I felt that I couldn't, I couldn't save her eyesight to get her to see us for one time. And so therefore I want the sort of big drive towards trying to help others to protect their eyesight as well. And then seeing the importance of eyesight it has on humanity and people take it for granted a lot. So that was a big driver behind it. And so the idea came to me and I, I knew I experimented. I had a lot of blue blockers already and I've worn a lot. I started with the wraparound Uvex a few years ago and then I started to wear... Which for people listening look like um, worksite glasses for tradies. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And it's honestly, it's a great place to start. And I recommend that. I still recommend it to this day. It's like, it's about $20 for these. And so if people don't have a lot of money and they don't want to leave the house, then for $20, (laughs) it's a great way to get the felt experience and be like, oh, wow, these these actually work. These genuinely work. Yep. And so that gets the sort of the bias out of the way as well. So that's a great place to start. I always recommend for people, but if they've done that or if they want to go straight to something a bit more contemporary and like we're wearing and being more comfortable wearing them outside the house, um, that was a big driver for me as well is that I was wearing another uh, popular brand out there and they, they were okay, but they're plastic and quite flimsy and I didn't feel so comfortable wearing them outside the house as well. And so yep. I was going out a lot socially at night. And so I'd find myself, I'm like, ah, oh, it was almost like scratch bone itch is that I really wanted to have a pair that I felt comfortable wearing that met all my sort of strict requirements of what I understood and learned about biophysics. And so there wasn't anything out there. Um, there were a few that's coming up and there are a few now that do have the effectiveness that mine do, but you have to buy multiple pairs to do that as well. And that will cost, from what I understand, close to $500 to get um, the same effectiveness out of what I've created. So it was like a scratch moon itch and also wanted to bridge that gap as well between the mainstream. So I did create the the base lenses clear and then I have three separate clip-ons. And so those three clip-ons is essentially is a day clip. So the one I have on now is a sort of a yellow tint in there as well. And that blocks up to 450 from yep. my understanding. And then the other two, uh, the orange or the amber ones and the delta, which is red ones. So there's a day, t- day clip, a dust clip, and a delta clip. Essentially, um, the day is obviously for another ultimate protection as well. So if, in, if you're in under fluorescent lighting, if you're all day in front of a screen, then it's ideal to have on the uh, day clip as well. And then once the sun sets, you put on the dust clip and or if you need to the delta clip so the delta clip blocks up to 550 nanometers and the dust clip blocks up to 500 nanometers so these are all the the nanometer ranges like the lighting spectrum that what allows the blue light to come in so that was all the everything i learned and studied from jack cruz and everybody else in that space that i really when i wanted to create these i wanted to create them to be and like my level of perfectionism came out and so it took me close to two years to create these and to get them off the ground because um, I wanted to make sure that everything was ticked. So I want to make them out of acetate, premium acetate instead of plastic. And so the ones I did have were plastic, um, a lot cheaper and a lot cheaper to make, but also the lighter. And so some people may prefer that lightness on their face, but I, it just felt flimsy and cheap to me. So I wanted to create acetate glasses, which is what people will find if they go into um, most sort of um, eyewear stores out there. They're, most of the glasses there are made of acetate and it's sort of a premium quality uh, material. And then obviously the lenses themselves, they're CR39, which is the majority, I'd say 95% of the blue blocking glasses out there have CR39 lenses. They have clever marketing around them saying they're different, but they're essentially just, it's an almost indestructible hard plastic. And it's almost like the same clarity you get from glass, just not the weight. 
and safer because the glass can shatter as well. So yeah. uh, that's that's the better lenses in there. And then the the sort of the difference between, I guess, sparkly eyewear and everything else out there is that um, I wanted to create everything in just one pair. And so the idea that you can wear these from morning to night. So if you're in a, an office environment and if you're in under fluorescent lighting, if you're at a screen 24-7, then it's like oh, 24 seven, like all day. Then <laughs> yeah. it's like having, having these on with some clip with the, um, the day clip would be ideal. And obviously they're not as, um, obtrusive for people out there. People that feel uncomfortable wearing color lenses, I noticed. And so I never felt that comfortable not wearing them. So I'm like, it just made sense to me to block the light because I felt my health was more valuable than what I thought others thought of me. But I know people are sort of still apprehensive with color lenses. Yep. Um, fortunately they're coming back into fashion color lenses, which is great. Um, but yeah, for the time being, at least that's with the, um, what I created, that was essentially, you can have one pair, you can take you everywhere and that will just block out the necessary spectrum. So the, the dusk and the Delta, you can alternate to what you feel comfortable. And so Delta ones are usually ideal if you're at home and you can really block that, all the spectrums of blue and green light, which is shown to that's there. The, the blue and the green spectrum is shown in the studies that come across as well to, to be the most sort of um, that blocks the amount of melatonin. So if you're having the, um, if you're blocking the blue and the green spectrum, you're allowing the, they're quite red and dark glasses as well. And it takes a bit to get used to, but that allows your body to release as much melatonin as possible. So it's like, we want to just get as much out and get that natural alignment as, part, as close as you can. So um, that's essentially the difference. And there are a lot people may see and, there's a lot out there that have just the clear, as I do my base lens, they're just the clear um, blue blockers. And so that's, they're hitting the market very hard and the marketing's going really fast for that now. And people, most people are, are, are familiar with that. And unfortunately the marketing there is just very um, clever and just very false as well as that they say, they promote that the clear lens ones um, allow with like good quality sleep. And so now it helps you with your sleep. And so that, that simply isn't true. Like you have to have the color lenses to have that, real sort of impact on your quality of your sleep the clear ones and then day ones is just ideal for daytime essentially and then the orange and the red are the nighttime ones so that's essentially what's in a nutshell of like what people to understand that and you can get all that in one little package and i wanted to make it just one neat package for people to have and carry and just utilize as they need as well so some people might not feel comfortable wearing a, a, a colored lens but then they might at least they have all three lenses they can slowly experiment with that as well and if they're out they can chop and change and they need it. so yeah i found that was a sort of a i wanted to wear one myself i felt comfortable wearing and i didn't want to have four pairs and pay 500 dollars for them so i um created these <laughs> essentially yeah i really like yours for that reason too because i started years ago as well with a, a a pair where i looked like a psychopath that really wanted to be in x-men and <laughs> they're just it's just yeah i just didn't wear them out in public i didn't wear them anywhere you know because it was just i looked crazy so yours look like legit reading glasses like you know they're stylish and comfy and yeah so i'm glad that you had that in mind when you designed them <laughs> yeah that was the, the same for me as well i'm like i'm not gonna leave the house wearing these like yeah. i'm trying to be like a wolverine or next man or i'm like some people do <laughs> the real hardcore biohackers do but uh yeah i was yeah. like want to bridge that gap between the mainstream as well and bring uh, bridge out the world so 
Yeah, and for everybody listening, if you're interested to check these out, we've got a link in the show notes below where you can go and purchase a pair, suss them out, and Dane's been kind enough to share with us a discount code as well, which is MADDIE10, so you can chuck that in. Just head down below, click the link, and check them out. They're awesome. I've been using them for months and months now. That's why it took a while to get us on uh, on the podcast because I was like, Dane, I'm going to check these out first, and I want to I want to be able to preach for them, so here we are now. But where can everyone find you, Dane, online and live holistically? Maybe tell us a bit about that too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For, I guess for the, I've been, haven't been most active on social lately, but I'm hoping to get back on there. Uh, at Dane Barkley, my Instagram is where I share my personal stuff. And then we've also been growing out and building out obviously our podcast and everything around now, our new sort of, um, business as well as live holistically. So that also the Instagram handle for that is at live holistically AU. Um, and that will take you to obviously the website and everything else we have, the podcast, it's all on the Instagram page there. And obviously, Barkley Eyewear at Barkley Eyewear too. So those three main Instagram handles are the best place to find us. And then from there, we have all the links that takes people to everything else that we're sort of creating out there at the moment. So Wonderful, man. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing. And I think you're doing a beautiful thing in the world with all of your, your projects that you have going on. And uh, for everybody listening, if you learned something from this episode or you want to share it with a family or friend or your social media, take a screenshot, share the episode on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you like to hang out and tag us. All of our handles will be down below and all of Dane's links will be down in the show notes. And of course, go and grab yourself a pair of Barkley eyewear. And Dane, to wrap up, what is one piece of health information that you wish more people knew about? Just one. Just one. That's so hard. <laughs> so tough. Yeah. So tough. <laughs> should I keep it on lighting or should I go and like, throw a curveball? I don't know. Um, I guess it'd be the, I wish that people uh, would, I guess it's a tough one. Okay. Where would be one person? Go? I'd say probably the understanding of sunlight. And I guess the understanding sunlight gets really to in a space of understanding artificial light and being exposed to that consistently you really get to sort of feel the benefits of that as well and that will really sort of help to mitigate some of the effects that a negative uh, that artificial light does have so i really wish people didn't listen so much to the uh the mainstream narrative of like sunlight causes cancer and like this thing is is like vital for us to be alive if it was to blow up then we'd all be dead so it's not <laughs> there to, it's not there to kill us it's um there's a lot of things that man did um to create um things out there but its sun hasn't caused damage as well it's um it's oh yeah i just really um wish that people out there would dig further into uh and find and discover themselves the benefit of sun wonderful and i think you're you're in the right place and you're talking to the right people when you're saying that we didn't we wish we didn't listen to the mainstream so much this whole podcast is about trying to give information that's been suppressed so (laughs) thanks for being on the show man i've loved having you here would love to have you on another episode and i hope you have a good one thank you thanks for having me see you man catch you Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use, and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.